Welcome to another edition of the Grizz Den podcast. The Grizzlies are officially the ninth seed in the play-in tournament. They'll be taking on the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. We, however, for this episode, wanted to share the two live clips from our Instagram lives yesterday during the Grizzlies-Warriors game. We went live at halftime and we went live right after the game. I wanted to include the halftime, uh, even though we all know what happened afterwards, uh, but I thought it would be a, an interesting time capsule for you to hear what we had to say at halftime and how we felt. And then also the, the bulk of the podcast will be the postgame uh, when, when Ty joins Brantley and I. He wasn't able to join us for halftime, but you'll hear him on the, the back half of the podcast. So um, I hope you enjoyed this special episode. I teased it at the end of the podcast, but I'll just say now we are not positive yet what our schedule will be for the play-in, whether we'll have a a preview for you in a podcast forum, or uh, we might decide to go live in the same fashion, uh, maybe at halftime and and right after the game uh, for you there. Um, But you can bet on us having plenty of content if the Grizzlies are able to make it through this play-in tournament and, and can somehow get a spot in the playoff race. And um, it'll be that eighth spot, so they'll take on Utah if they're able to get through it. But we'll have all uh, the content up on our social media. Uh, we'll tease it there. And I hope you enjoy the rest of this special episode. to our halftime Instagram live. I'm going to bring Brantley on here. There he is. Man. Dude, what a first half. Um, let's get right into it. We're going to try to cut this off right before the third quarter gets going so all y'all can uh, tune back in. But 55 to 49, uh, Grizzlies trail by six. Uh, honestly, feels like it should be more under the circumstances. Um, but Brantley, what was the top um, on your mind going into halftime after that first half? Um, maybe the uh, we'll start with the negative first. Sure. Uh, I just. I, well, sorry, that was fumble on the play. I really feel like that this game was really showing just lack of inexperience and lack of players just ready to show up for the big moment. I really hope that, you know, we put on our, our D2 Mighty Ducks jerseys and come back against Iceland and ready to just roll or something in, in the second half. But, like, there's this, like, BC, Melton uh, – Bain, I'm yeah. trying to. I'm trying to be. So be, I, I think yeah. none of them are really playing well, and so I, we need them. We need those guys to step up, but we got we don't have a shot. Hundred um, percent. So one of the the way I looked at it is 
you know, what are your advantages and disadvantages going into the game? Um, disadvantage is you're playing in Golden State, so they're going to get a majority of the calls, and we saw that. Um, Jaron Jackson with three already. A couple of those were pretty questionable. Dylan with two, which hurts you. I mean, those were pretty legit, but neither of them on Steph. Um, and then, you know, they're just the ticky-tack. Benefit of the doubt is going to go to Golden State. Um, they also have the best player, <clears throat> Steph Curry. So you're not necessarily um, at an advantage there. However, you come in thinking that your bench is going to be what can separate you because as soon as Steph Curry goes out, you know, and Draymond, he's been sitting at the same time as Steph. You think that's the time to, to jump. And that happened at the beginning of the second quarter. And uh, the Warriors went on a 10-2 run. And right now, the bench has four points total. Four points at halftime. Um, so we're definitely seeing, I think, who's ready and who might need a few more few more games before they're comfortable playing. I mean, in, in, in a playoff-like atmosphere. So... You know, you've got Ja, I would say, ready to go. Dylan is bringing it. Kyle has shown he's ready to go. Jaron, apart from the fouls, you're at least – he's something – you know, he's bringing something. And then – and JV has had – has been the player of the yeah, – he looks awesome. Already has a double-double. Um, so those five guys um, seem like they're, they're ready. They're ready for the moment. However, um, this Warriors team is tough to, tough to stop. Such yeah, they the the offense too. Uh, this is sort of what we've been seeing the past couple of weeks. That's been concerning, just like sort of lack of flow, um, and you know the way that the Warriors are they're they're sagging off of Jaw significantly, right? And you saw him really, I think, for the first time take a. Uh, did he only have three, two, three point attempts in the first half? Um, I, I can only remember two off the top of my head. The one that he just made towards the end of the half, and then one sort of out of rhythm. Did he have two? One for two from three. One for two. And, I, you know, I just feel like it's not just job, but all of our wings just feel out of rhythm in terms – they look like instead of just catching to sh and looking to shoot, they're sort of looking to make a pass or taking sort of like a hesitating or a hesitated three-point attempt. I just, I just would love to see us just flow. Just in the yeah. in the half, if we if we take good rhythm shots and miss, I'm fine with it. But just the way our offense is is playing, we just look timid and look a little just un, unprepared to just catch and shoot. Like there are a couple times I just would have loved for Melton and Bain both to just get green light, just catch it and shoot it. Um, so that's sort of one thing too that just is not not a super detailed breakdown, but just more of like a rhythm for like what's happening. Um, and we're really lucky to only be down what we are based on sort of what it feels like the offense is going. And I think our defense and the way that Dylan has, has guarded Steph thus far is, I think, a, a, a huge shout-out to the reason for where we are. Yeah, um, we've taken 12 three-pointers and hit two of them. So, you know, that's gonna that hurts the confidence, but you got to keep shooting. Um I think, like you said, it's going to be – right now it feels like the Jaw JV show. And at the end of a, a shot clock, uh, everybody's looking for one of those two guys. It's going to have to – you're going to have to have a wing step up um, and, and just decide. And that may be Kyle. All right. I mean, Kyle – Yes. Sorry, I think I was having some internet.
issues. Kyle was really stepping up towards the end of the second half or first half. Yeah, totally. And this is, that's the thing is like, I, I feel like we're, we're frustrated more than we are feeling good going into the half. And like I said, at the top, you're only down by six. And so yeah. I think there's a very real shot at winning this game still you're just going to have to – I'm interested to hear see how they come out right from halftime because that's going to show, um, you know, what's going on in the locker room right now. Is are, is everybody, you know, down? Or are they – what's the leadership look like? Because that's the other thing about this team is you don't necessarily, as we've said time right. and time, you don't have that heartbeat of the locker room veteran who's going to say, guys, you can you can absolutely hang with this team whether you think you can or not. And, and so it's going to be interesting to see who steps up and, uh, and how they look. So let's talk about right now the stakes of this game. So the reason why um, it's so important is because this decides, as most people know who are tuning in, who gets the eighth seed in the playoffs. And the reason why that's important is because in the new play-in format, having a, uh, being in the eighth or seventh seed guarantees you two shots at the playoffs, we would gladly accept as many shots as the NBA will give us at the playoffs this year. Um, however, even if the Grizzlies win, uh, they will not know who they're going to play until later tonight. It could be Portland or it could be the Lakers. Um, yeah. So if you were Taylor Jenkins right now, Brantley, um, what, what would be the number one, um, either something you're already doing now that you would continue doing or an adjustment that you would make for a lineup? What would you like to this Grizzly team uh, do in the second half that they might not have done in the first? Well, that second unit looked really rough um, yeah. from a playmaking perspective. Um, I, I sort of think there's a couple things. I sort of feel like Kyle maybe could be more – uh, interjected into that second lineup to be a little bit more of a playmaker, just the way he was playing. I know that might shift sort of the starting lineup a bit. So maybe he still st starts off the second half, but I'd love to maybe see him jump in. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd rather see BC get playing time with Ja versus get playing time um, with that second unit. I think BC looked worthless um, in, in that bench unit and, and BC and Ja have, tended to play really well together so I don't I'm not necessarily saying what that exactly looks like with like with JV in the lineup that that seems to be like an interesting or that uh, that's not what, the argument I'm trying to make but I don't think that I'd put BC in the game unless if he was playing alongside Ja I guess is the point um and I also think that Jaron needs to just play full-time four um in the second half not put him in from a center unit perspective I think it's something that Peter Edmiston was saying and I really agree with that um, but my biggest takeaway is that, like, I, I got to tell Melton and Bain to step up to catch and shoot. And honestly, if you can't find a way to put BC next to Ja, I think he needs to sit the rest of the game. He, it just didn't look – he just didn't look good, period. Yeah, this is about the time when we're we, – we talk about throughout a season, if you follow us, um, we're always talking about who are your seven or eight. Uh, because that's ultimately what you're playing for is to get down the stretch in the playoff hunt. And yeah. playoffs, you're not going to have a 10-man rotation. And right now, I think you're seeing Brandon Clark 
is at that edge. And he can either play himself into a place where we can rely on him. And right now it's, he's not necessarily showing us that. And I thought it was interesting that uh, Jenkins decided to keep Jaron in after his third foul for two or three minutes. It honestly made me pretty nervous. And then I realized, you know, this isn't just another regular season game. Like Jenkins is obviously making the decision to, to keep your, your players on the floor that can have that, that winning impact. And yeah. so I think, yeah, like you said, uh, I think it's an interesting idea to keep Brandon in if you're going to play him with Ja. To me, I don't think they have anybody who can legitimately stop Jonas Valanciunas, and I don't think they have anybody on their team who can stop Ja Morant. And so I think what you do is every time down, I want one of those two guys touching the ball. And I think there were a couple of possessions, whether it was like a Dylan pull-up or um, Melton and and – and Tyus maybe swinging it back and forth. Like somebody, one of those two guys has to, has to touch the ball every single time down yep. um, if you want a chance to win this game. And finally, I mean, Curry, he did have 13 points, but he's 6 of 15. You know, he's made one of six um, from the three-point line. And so that's on one hand, that's a little scary because that means he hasn't necessarily gotten going yet, but he can affect the game in so many ways. Like he's going to find a way. Um, and honestly, if he's gonna, if it's a choice between um, Steph facilitating and get somebody else a shot, or hitting a layup versus his three point shot, I'll take I'll take the former just about every yeah. time. Um, yeah. Right, so yeah. it looks like we're about to start the second half. So um, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you did during this Instagram live, and we are going to jump back on after the game. Um, and then we're going to, if I can figure it out, going to take the audio from these two Instagram lives and throw them up on our podcast feed. So if you didn't hear the whole thing, um, you should be able to uh, later on today. And let's hope it's after a win. Brantley, any final thoughts before we jump back onto the game? Uh, no, man, go Grizz and let's, Keep making it hard for Steph. I, I appreciate Dylan's effort. Believe it or not, I'm going to end with a Dylan positive note because I think we need him. So keep it up, D- DB. Refs, do us a favor. Just just do us a quick favor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're, jumping, we're jumping back off. See y'all. Enjoy the second half, everybody. All right. We've got the post-game live for you. Uh, Grizzlies fall to the Golden State Warriors. Um, We'll get Brantley and Ty here to join in just a second. BD, Grizzlies lose 113 to 101. Whew, that was a ride in the fourth quarter. Um, We think we're going to also get Ty in here in just a minute. Um, Ty's, Ty's not very good at Ty, the technology. Um, we went live at half if you missed it. We were talking about how uh, it was it was a story of uh, starters versus bench and who was ready to play. And we concluded that uh, there were about five guys that were ready to play. And those were the five starters, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, 
Jaron and JV. Dylan fouls out with about six minutes left. And at that point, we had uh, actually taken the lead uh, briefly. And it was on a call that, in my opinion, was pretty questionable. And from there, the game completely flipped. Steph just took over. And it seemed to be the story of the game. And uh, it was just wild. I mean, the first thing I'll, I'll, I'll right off the top, which is I just don't understand the, the rationale of not challenging the call against Dylan. I mean, he was obviously uh, the one bringing the energy required to keep us in the game. And then he was missing shots early, but then actually provided uh, the offense late. And at that point in the game, I don't see how having one extra timeout could be more important than losing that. What was your take on that situation? Yeah, I was watching the ESPN broadcast, and they didn't even bring it up. I, I mean, I, I thought that would have been an obvious challenge call. I'm not sure if there was something that we were missing on, like, the, the efficacy of, like, if it would even – be potential to be overturned. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Like, did they talk about that on the on the local broadcast? They mentioned that they were like, "We'll see if if Taylor Jenkins decides to challenge." But because um, it, from our standpoint, it's looking like it wasn't a lot of contacts. So, um, but not a ton of conversation. I, but I, I just don't get it. I, I really thought yeah. that the. I mean, Jenkins has been known to be pretty stingy with his challenges. Uh, I don't exactly know what his success rate is, but um, I don't know. It, 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 it's not like, you know, I got the one. There was a ticky-tack foul on Jaron early on to for him to pick up his third, and I get, like, not using the challenge that early, but if you're in the fourth quarter and one of your guys is bringing the uh, uh, almost – almost at a solo performance level bringing the energy, then it doesn't make sense to me not to challenge it, to at least keep him in the game. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, just, it was, you knew as soon as it happened that the momentum was going to go away um, really, really quickly. And honestly, it was one of those things where he had, Dylan, I think he really had had the assignment, I felt like 90% of the time, guarding Steph. And so, you know, there's there's a certain rhythm even to to guarding him just because of how unique he is. And regard, so I don't necessarily hold. I know Bain guarded him a couple of possessions, and so did Melton. So I don't necessarily hold those guys. Like I thought they did. It's just it's just tough to be put on like one of the best scores of all time in that situation, and have not had many possessions against him to sort of find your rhythm of guarding him. And Brooks yeah. had sort of figured it out. Um, yeah. I mean, Steph had 46, so – but but at the same time, we felt – you felt like it was at least hard for him when Dylan was guarding him. Um, Ty, what's up, man? Hey, can you all hear me? Slash yeah, C. I got you. Okay. Um, so, Ty, I don't know if you saw, but Brantley and I were live at halftime, and we started off this, this stream talking about just the difference in the guys that seemed to be ready for the moment and the guys that seemed to not be ready. Um what was your take on that? Like, what did you what did you feel about from top to bottom the guys that we had out there and and who who seemed like they were able to show up and bring it and and who wasn't? Able to? 
Yeah, uh, I'm, I don't know if y'all have mentioned this yet. I know we have our little group text. And uh, to the person that, that asked the question on our last Instagram Live about Dylan, um, Dylan fed me my words today uh, straight, straight out of the oven. Uh, if anyone was ready, it was that guy. Uh, he, he single-handedly, you could argue, got us back in the game at, in the third quarter defensively sure but also offensively getting to the hop getting to the hoop um i was kind of discouraged with jaw to be honest with you i don't know if y'all talked about that yet we haven't uh, he didn't really look aggressive at all in the first half uh jv played great i thought he came with it tried to take advantage down low when we gave him the ball which didn't seem that often um i just thought we couldn't hit shots some guys that we really count on to play well like melton didn't play well at all. BC didn't play well at all. Uh, yeah, just guys that we need, we really need. Um, Jaron was playing really hard and was doing some stuff, but he was just in and out of the lineup with fouls. He couldn't get any kind of rhythm, so that made it tough. Um, Kyle didn't play much. It didn't seem like. Um, so, to me, outside of JV and, and Dylan especially, uh, that's who kept us in the game in my mind. What do you all think? Yeah. To your point, um, apart from guys like Tillman and Tyus who didn't really play even enough minutes for it to, to matter very much, Dylan was the only player on the team with a positive plus minus. You could tell. Yeah, this is one of those games where that – sometimes that stat means nothing. Right. But that backs the eye test too. Yeah. and He was Grant, our best player. Would you all argue that today? He was our best player? He and JV. He and I'd JV. Say. Yeah. Yeah, but what I was going to say, too, is, like, you know, it, it looked no further than the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter when it's 91-92 and the Grizzlies took the lead. He gets his sixth foul, and then we look at the final score. It's 113-101. to 101. I mean, it's it's evident. And granted, we have to give all the credit in the world to the Warriors because um, they look like – Steph and Wiggins, yeah. I mean, Wiggins, we've – yeah. He hasn't necessarily had the best uh, track record so far in the NBA. Um, and it seems like he's he's a renewed player in Golden State. And obviously Steph Curry makes opens up the floor in a way that no player ever has in the history of the league. So, I mean, you have every opportunity um, to shine when you're playing with Steph. And, I mean, at the end of the day, would you say, guys, that, like, we lost to a superior team, or, or what is your – yeah, Ty, you saying yes? Yeah, for sure. They're they're better than us. Uh, I mean, I think we were talking about this too. I don't know where Steph is going to rank in like all-time greats. Five, I mean, I would say. And he just – he kills you all the time. Um, Drake really good too, and yeah, like your point, Steph being as good as he is allows like – role players to like truly flourish flourish in their role. <laughs> uh Jordan Poole, look no further. Yeah, like he yeah, even Looney. You just guys are can be one dimensional. They that one little thing they're good at. And Steph just dominates their offense. I think he took over thirty shots today, which is insane. Um but yeah it allows for like Wiggins to hustle and get like a loose ball or a long rebound, extra possession, I think uh, Pete Pranica was saying that they averaged like eight offensive rebounds a game or something and had like well over that today. I don't remember how many they had, but yeah, 
chance points, and we just didn't capitalize on opportunities. Like, Jaw made a drive late in the game. I think we were down two at this point. Maybe I'm not sure how many we were down. It was still a tight game. Drove, collapsed the defense, kicked it out to Melton, who was – no one was in 12 feet of him. Corner three and just clanked it. And then literally that next possession down, Steph hits a three. Um, you got to – playing teams like this, you got to take advantage of every single opportunity you have. Um, and we didn't do it. Yeah, I sort of – I want to – the every single opportunity thing. I, I, like, was just thinking about this throughout the game. And I know that this may be what – we could have been saying things differently behind closed doors, but – just the difference between what Kerr's comments were about this game versus Jenkins, like Kerr saying, this is a playoff game. We got to bring it. We're, you know, mm -hmm. I, that's not the exact quote, but I'm paraphrasing it versus Jenkins saying like, yeah, this is another regular season game. We're going to approach it like every other game. Like, like this is not Alabama football. Like I don't understand. Like I, I, I sort of felt those quotes representing the two different teams. The Warriors brought it from the beginning like it was a playoff game, and we didn't. Dylan was the only player on our team who brought it. And I think, Ty, to your point on the, like, offensive rebounds stuff and second chances, and we had someone in our comments talk about it, that's a great, to me, representation of just sort of the differences in approaches for this. And it just – that principally really frustrates me um, now we were able to battle back, but again, I think that's because we had that was because of Dylan treating it. I mean, he brought it up, he brought his game up to another level. I mean, he always tries that hard, he's always that guy on our team, but he sort of under he brought sort of the, the playoff quote unquote try hard mentality. That honestly is really frustrating not to see it from your two talented players and John Jaron, quite frankly. Yeah, agreed. And it's – I think the, the most frustrating part is in a game, there's um, – the things you can control, number one, effort. I mean, that's something that it doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter where you're playing. It doesn't matter what the situation is. You can control your effort. And it didn't seem like there was this level of uh, – just this team felt, it felt timid. I mean, it just really did. And it, it seemed as though they got comfortable only when they were down by like 13 and it seemed like the game was in hand with the Warriors. And at that point they had quote unquote, nothing to lose. Like I'm not, I'm speculating on the psychology here, but it definitely seemed like that. Like even Bain, obviously he's a rookie. This is pro the very first high stakes game. He's actually, uh, participated in and it took him a while to settle in but I really do feel as though he settled in Melton yeah, definitely feel, did. he didn't really feel like he settled in uh, BC nope. feel like he settled in, settled in. Uh, I mean Tyus is kind of the same player no matter what so I mean you could but you could also make an argument that his ceiling isn't quite high enough for him to be in a limited rotation although I trust him a little bit more than I do some other players right now but it just really that that uh, combined with the turnovers. I mean, it just really was maddening at some points of the game where we felt like we were battling back and having to expend a lot of effort, and then just a turnover or two would bite us in the butt, and Steph would come down and make and punish us because they're the Warriors want to run, and so they are going to take advantage of every ill-advised shot and every turnover, and they're going to convert that into fast break points because they have two of the best decision makers in basketball and Steph and Draymond and Draymond 
I felt like had a really big impact, especially at the beginning when he could – he's been in enough big games where he knows whether he needs to bring it um, yeah. from a perspective on the offensive end or whether he needs to facilitate. And I thought oh. that he had a masterful game in that respect. I mean, he only took seven shots, and I felt like four or five of those were probably in the first quarter because he knew that his team needed energy on the offensive end. And so, I mean, those two guys alone – just have a – the experience is just so evident. Um, yeah. So, man, it was just – it was tough. It was a tough game. I mean, I thought it was over with a quarter left and props to the Grizzlies for battling back. That's um, what I'll say. At least we did fight back, right? Like, at least right. we did make a run out. I didn't really watch the game between the Celtics and the Knicks, but – the Knicks went on a run, and the Celtics just – that was it. Like, they just caved. Um, we didn't do that. Like, we came back and fought, which I thought was huge. Like, we came up short, obviously. Um, and Steph just – I mean, he's just – he's too good. He's, he's, he's too good. Tough. Yeah, he was unbelievable. I mean, he – I think he should I – know, I know Jokic is having a great season, but, like, he – it's just – it was unbelievable watching him. The way that he was getting getting looks and moving without the ball, it's just yeah, just forgotten how incredible. He, I mean, I hadn't forgotten. I've been watching a lot of his games, but it just he hadn't played against us in a long time. So like, there was a, a different comparison, like watching him play against the team that I'm used to watching a ton. So, what do y'all guys think about Wednesday against the Spurs? Whew. I mean, Brantley, you had sort of the warm take earlier in a couple podcasts ago that Spurs are actually a team that you wouldn't want to face. And uh, at the time, it kind of seemed like a far-fetched thing. Uh, but now having them – I mean, luckily we'll have a home game, which will be a lot of fun. And we'll see what the city decides in terms of capacity for that game because uh, I think it would be a lot of fun to go, obviously. Um but they're an interesting matchup because unlike the the Warriors, they have a guy down low in Yaka Pertle who is one of the most underrated rim protectors in the league who can actually body up JV. And they have a guy in DeJounte Murray who is another underrated defender and can bottle up John Morant on a good night for him. Uh, and so it really is going to – not to say that those guys aren't going to get their numbers anyway because they're that good, but it really puts a lot of pressure on the rest of our team to get it done. Uh, Jaron, it seems like this is a prime opportunity for him to really step up and show us why he could be the best player on our team one day. That's all I'm saying is I'm watching for Jaron. Uh, he didn't get enough minutes tonight because of the fouls, but if – Hurdle is locking down JV and Murray's locking down Ja. You're going to need Jared to step up. Yeah. Surely, I, I, um, I think that if we go out and try to play the numbers from a rotation perspective that we did tonight, we will lose. Mm. Uh, I, I don't – I think that we have, need to have eight guys that we roll with. Uh, and I, I think that could potentially mean I'm not whomever, whomever is best from a lineup perspective, maybe. But I just I think that those guys are going to bring it, and I just I I really think that 
BC and Melton need to lose out unless if we get into foul trouble. I think that that I, I Bain showed me that he could he can settle in and take some big shots and big moments, and I I just don't trust I don't trust BC and Melton in that in those big games. And I think if I if we see them on the court significantly, uh, I think it's I think it's I think it's that simple to me. Yeah, and that's interesting. I mean, who who are your guys? Like, if you had to list them out, like who are who are the guys that you're saying yes, absolutely, hundred percent? I'm okay if I see them on the court on Wednesday. The starting five plus Bain and Tillman right now. Man, because Grayson's think- hurt. Yeah, I think Melton has to play though. Uh, tonight wasn't a great showing. I think if you're ever going to make Melton look bad, it's guarding Steph. Uh, that can make a lot of people not really look engaged, look kind of off. Melton's by far best quality is defense. Uh, getting out on the break, passing lanes, which when you don't get stops, you don't get on the break. And when we got stops, we gave up offensive rebounds. So that kind of limited him, especially when we're playing half-court offense. Um, Brandon versus Tillman, to me, is the big question. Um, Tillman played, I don't know, four minutes and – he literally the first defensive possession he was in there pretty much Steph tried to drive on him. He played great defense, kept his ground and blocked his shot and started a break. Um, Brandon can have some big blocks, but it usually ends up in fouls because he goes for like, the, I'm going to try to throw this to the back of the rim or to the back of the seats. And it doesn't really work out. Whereas Tillman, I feel like is more grounded defensively can do a little bit more on defense and also offensively is just going to like kind of make the right play and move the ball. Um, Brandon had a few times where he tried that little spin move. One time almost traveled. Um, tried his little jump shots kind of six feet from the rim. I don't think he hit one of them. When that's not following for Brandon, it's just really tough, you know, what else he can bring. And I feel like Tillman can use his cerebralness to make other things happen besides just like his own game, if that makes sense. One thing that scares me about the Spurs is they have a lot of guys, similar to Golden State, who are very seasoned and have been in a ton of big moments. Like, DeRozan has been in a ton of big moments. Patty Mills, I could just see <laughs> six threes and just like, of course that would happen because it's Patty yeah. Mills. That's, That's like right. what he always does. Um, Rudy Gay, like, I, he's been around a long time, man. Like, he's he's been a lot of a part of a lot of I don't of big, love the matchup. I'm not saying Rudy's reasons. great, but he's been there a lot. Pop yeah. has really been there a ton. They just have guys that have been there and done that. Um, and the Grizzlies haven't. And that – I think this will be the only game, only possible game that we would be favored in, right? Um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think we will be favored against the Spurs. Um, and I think, honestly, maybe talent-wise, top to bottom, we may be better than them. I'm not really sure. But we're definitely not more experienced. And that will never be the case when your two best players are 21. Um, yeah, sure. yeah, it's it's going to be a big test. It's going to be a tough. It's not going to be like, oh, who will we play next? That's definitely not the way Grizz fans should think about this next game. Like, we yeah. have to give all of our attention to the Spurs. And I'll say this. I, my, like, position, the eighth person is Tyus only to spell Ja. Like, this is a game where I want Ja to play close to 40. He's going to have like, to. He's got to. And he's got to figure out how to pick his moments and have more impact throughout the entire game versus just in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, 
I just don't think that BC and Melton have shown me anything, especially Mel honestly, dude, Melton, what he did tonight was what he did in the bubble. And that this is it's it is the exact big moment when the lights are on, intuition, mm -hmm. who shows up. And he didn't show up. He didn't show up in the bubble. And now I know he's out of position. We can make all these like excuses for him, but he didn't show up. And I just don't trust him. BC showed up in the bubble last year. So maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he was just off tonight. But like, I don't know. Those guys just didn't, they just didn't have the lights on. And I just, I, I wouldn't roll with them against the Spurs. I really wouldn't. Yeah. It's, you're certainly not wrong um, in that respect. I'll be, I mean, it, it, it is tough because at some level, you know, as a coach in an organization, in a year where you know you're you might not win, you know, be a, a contender, then you can make the argument of, well, we want to see what these guys are going to look like in big moments. However, at the same time, this play-in situation, in my opinion, is not the time to mess around and do that uh, because it literally is a one-game elimination. And so if you get in a series against, let's say, let's say you, you end up winning out in this play-in and somehow get the eighth seed, that's the time when you have a guaranteed four-game stretch to then try different things in a, in a series in which you're not going to be favored anyway. That's right. But on these play-in games, I, like you said, the differences in the, play, in the press conferences, in the two coaches, I mean – I want to see a an organization and a team who wants to go out and win, and they're going to put the uh, players out there who they know can help them, and they're not going to put the players out there who they know can't. And That's so, right. just take take just just for the sake of us, the fans, just give us one game where you're just committing to winning instead of committing to playing hard. <laughs> like, I want to hear I want to hear a. A full-fledged, we want to win this game <laughs> from somebody up top. I mean, and doesn't that matter to the players too? Eventually, God. like, doesn't that matter to our young stars? Like, to hear that in this big moment, like, this is right. we've gotten you here. This is your game to go go compete against Steph. We're gonna win. Like, this is a playoff game. Let's win it. Right. <sighs> well, now they can't make the excuse that it's another regular season game anymore. So that's right. that one's off the table. Uh, we'll see. So that's confirmed. Do we see that it was confirmed for Wednesday? Is that right? I thought I heard somebody on the national broadcast say that Wednesday would okay. be the early slot. I don't, uh, I hope I'm not wrong in leading the millions of followers listening to this Instagram live video. Right. <laughs> I do know that the, the East, the two playing games in the East are confirmed on Tuesday. Um, which leads to – I would guess that you're right about that for, for the Wednesday game. So um, we're either going to get together before the play-in um, or we'll do something similar to um, to today if, if we don't actually get tickets to the game. But we'll keep everybody updated on social about what you can expect. Um, this is our favorite time of year. And we hope and pray that this season is not over uh, after Wednesday. But uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks to all the live streamers out there. Like I mentioned, I'll throw this up on the podcast feed if I can figure out how to 
get this audio saved down. Um, if any of y'all know how to do that, just hit us up in our <laughs> deep. So, anyway. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, for Brantley, for Ty, I'm Will. We are the Grizzden Pod crew, and we will talk to you very soon. Thanks, guys.